Oh, once more into the breach, ye merry band of brothers. Breaches. Here with another new episode. And we got something to complain about tonight. It is, <sighs> we are recording this on the 18th. And just this week, we were given the news that the Oscars were going to be having a fan favorite <laughs> vote. What is this? The MTV Music <laughs> Video just, Awards. I love the reason behind it. It's so stupid. Because yeah. everyone was like, hey, where's Spider-Man? You got one nomination. <laughs> you know, it, it's that it's that Mad Men quote. That's what the money's for. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how, you know, we're doing an Oscar podcast. We've talked about it before, how uh, there's so much like, Oh, who cares about the Oscars? You know, I'm not going to watch uh, the in- movie industry give themselves awards. It's like they, they've been doing this for 90 plus years now. So it's a every industry gives themselves awards. It's yeah. But to do a fan most popular Oscar seems just to call. Is that what it's called? Do they have an official name or they're they're calling it hashtag Oscar fan favorite. So I guess it's the mm. fan favorite award. Hmm. They should have came up with a better you know. title. Like, I don't know. Like the People's Choice Award or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, something. Are they, okay. Are they doing it by a poll? Yeah. You go on and you, you nominate. Uh, you can vote on Twitter using hashtag Oscar fan favorite uh, or by casting a ballot on the Oscars fan favorite website. Are which, there Are there choices? Like, you know, <laughs> let's find out. Here's yeah, I wonder Oscar if they have like nominees or you type it in or what. Sweepstakes ends on March 3rd. Okay. No, you type in, enter your fan favorite film. You give your first name, your last name, your email address, because next year, three of the fans who vote in this are going to go to the Oscars and present this award at yeah. the ceremony. Let's do it. I can't imagine anybody creating 50 million zombie accounts that are going to make Tommy Wiseau become Oscar-nominated Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, bot the system. <sighs> See the three of us at the awards next year? We can do it. Anybody else remember Sanjaya from American Idol? Oh, no. I, I remember the name, but I don't really... Like once you talk about it, I'll remember. He was a pretty mediocre singer that somehow made it into the final twelve. And every week during that season, there was a mounting vote for the worst campaign, and uh, people were just spamming Sanjaya to, to finish in the top <laughs> of the category. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. I was never much of a watcher of the show, but I do remember his name. I watched a couple seasons, and then it got really repetitive mm. Mm. but yeah. i just don't yeah i don't understand why we need this yeah i mean then they get an actual oscar yeah like a- actual oscar the production company i assume like like best picture would like marvel this is where this is going yeah yeah, yeah. or i i don't know you know because like the animated feature goes to the directors the foreign language film goes to the country Mm. (laughs) i have no idea who they're handing this oscar to yet (laughs) yeah Uh, i don't know 
you know, it, and we had that most popular film category that got floated around a couple of years ago that got shut down. And they got to find a way to get the ratings up. And uh, this is exactly what this is. Yeah. Because, you know, we're about to talk about a movie here in a little bit that, you know, we're, we're in a series of films. They're cleaning up the box office and winning Oscars. And we just don't get that as much nowadays. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it, it shouldn't be determined by popularity and box office. But how do you get more people to watch if they don't haven't seen these movies? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But on a more positive note to go into the episode, apparently John Williams is coming back to do the Obi-Wan theme song. Hooray! Yeah. I figure since we have... John Williams Oscar watch it be worth yes. mentioning. And he of just course. turned 90. So happy belated birthday, Mr. Williams. Jeez. Yeah. Apparently this is only the second time that a, Oh, I forgot how they worded it. This is only the second time he's done uh, a theme song for a television show. That isn't like the news or the Olympics. Sure. And the, uh, go on. I was just going to say, was it something we've talked about on Thursday? It is absolutely something we talked about on Thursday. Amazing stories. Hooray! <laughs> so, and uh, I guess he's in semi-retirement because yeah. he hasn't uh, conducted a score since Rise of Skywalker. So, sure. yeah. And what a film to fart out on. Oh, God. <laughs> Hopefully he has one more thing that he just like whittles away at on a weekend and it comes out and it's brilliant. And then, and then he can retire for good. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about a movie? Let's talk about it. Hello, you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. And joining us this week to talk about our movie is returning guest and friend of the podcast, Mr. Manny Classic. Welcome back. What's going on, dudes? Hooray! Hello! And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history, trying to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong. What film are we watching this week, Zach? This week, we're watching Forrest Gump, which is a movie about... Wait a minute. What is this movie about? I don't even know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> uh, this is everybody's first time watching this movie. No. 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 Does anybody remember their first time seeing this movie? So, I don't remember my first time seeing the movie. But I remember the first time my mom went to go see this movie because I was confused because <laughs> I had not seen any trailers for it. And I think at this point I was, what, nine? Mm-hmm. So yeah. wasn't paying attention to too many TV stations that would run the trailers anyway. So my mom's like, I'm going to go see Forrest Gump. And I'm like, can I go? She's like, no, it's not a movie for you. Immediately, I thought it was a horror film. <laughs> That had to do with like some swamp or something like that. Nice <laughs> forest. Forest Gump. Okay, it's waiting. Yeah. <laughs> so, Zach, 
this is another one that um, probably the first time I saw it was on TV. It's just one of those ones that was always on. Uh, I don't know if it's like Dance with Wolves is on T- TNT or something like that. <laughs> um, my first proper watch was probably in the late 90s. You know, by then I'd already heard, you know, the parodies and things. But yeah, I've seen it a handful of times since then. How about you or Manny? Uh, I think pretty much the first time I saw it was probably on TBS or something, commercial edits and yeah. everything. But it was just kind of one of those things at the time just showed up on TV. Um, yeah. Maybe like, I don't know, 15 or 16, the first time I actually watched it, watched it without just being like, here's a thing on TV. Uh, it's a movie. It exists. Uh, it, it just sort of always has existed because what it came out, I think I was like 10 at the time. So like right. in terms of movie watching and things like that, it just kind of was always in existence because it wasn't formulating the idea of watching quality movies that, you know, before that. So yeah, we're not all Paul. <laughs> yeah. I'm the weird film kid. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of the weird film kid, I probably watched this when I was 10. Uh, my parents had it on VHS and it got played quite a few times around my house. I don't remember why, or if it was just me watching it or whatever, but I had this, we had the VHS when I switched to DVDs, I bought like the two case DVD or the two DVD, like thick case. And yeah, I owned the, uh, the two, the two CD soundtrack that I got out of the Columbia record club, 12, yeah. 12 CDs for a penny. <laughs> <laughs> was this a uh, single VHS? Yes, it was. Okay. I I think it was only a double DVD because of um special features. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is one that had heavy rotation in my childhood for some reason. <laughs> like my my parents don't watch a ton of movies. They don't watch those movies a ton of times. So the fact that I had probably seen this five or six times before i was like 13 it's yeah. kind of a weird thing to me yeah Here. we'll get into that a bit speaking of weird things let's do an oscar breakdown Break it, down. it is a stupid is as stupid does march 27 1995 we have gone oh wait hold on a second huh we are back at the shrine auditorium all right Yay. dorothy chandler eat your heart out for for tonight, I'm wearing my Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness shirt, 1995. Um, our host for the evening is David Letterman, <laughs> who during the broadcast would introduce Uma to Oprah, and then Oprah to Uma. Oprah. Uma? Uma? Oprah? That went on for about five minutes. I feel much better. Yep. I remember you showing <laughs> me that once. <laughs> that was the that was the probably the first clip of an Oscar ceremony I ever watched. <laughs> Either I turned on the Oscars by accident and I watched it or somebody showed it to me. I don't remember why I watched that specific clip when i was a child uh our most nominated film on the evening is forrest gump 
which is uh, not the most that a film has ever been nominated for uh, at 13. It's like a three or four way tie. I can't remember. And I don't have all the movies in front of me. Yeah. Uh, and our most awarded film in the evening is Forrest Gump at six. Uh, Forrest Gump wins best picture, giving Wendy Feinerman, Steve Tisch, and Steve Starkey Academy Awards for producing our uh, the films it beats are Four Weddings and a Funeral, Pulp Fiction, Quiz Show, and Everybody Prepare to Groan, The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Best director goes to Robert Zemeckis for Forrest Gump. Uh, Do we groan again? <laughs> you can if you want. Uh, it's a... It's a... <laughs> It's a pretty weird category tonight, so groan if you feel. Groan if you want to. Groan around the web. Best actor goes to Tom Hanks for Forrest Gump. Best actress goes to Jessica Lange for Blue Sky, which apparently sat on a shelf for about three years before it was released. Burns. Uh, best supporting actor in one of the greatest uh, recipients of the history of the Oscars is to Martin Landau for playing Bella Lugosi and Ed Wood. Yes. Nice. So he beats Gary Sinise for Forrest Gump playing Lieutenant Dan. Uh, Diane Weist wins Weist. Best Supporting Actress for Bullets Over Broadway. Mm. I'm really shocked not to see either of the actresses from Forrest Gump in this category. Mm. Mm. Um Best screenplay written directly for the screen goes to Pulp Fiction, giving Quentin Tarantino an Oscar. Roger Avery. That's a good one. That's a, that's a good win. Yeah. Uh, best screenplay based on material previously produced or published goes to Forrest Gump, <laughs> giving Eric Roth an Academy Award based on the novel by Winston Croon. Winston. Uh, best foreign language film goes to Burnt by the Sun. Ouch. From Russia. Ooh. Uh, I find this really odd because Christoph Kiskolowski is nominated for Red from the Three Colors trilogy and for Best Screenplay written directly for the screen. Red, not in the category for Best Foreign Language Film. Mm. Interesting. Best Documentary Feature goes to Maya Lin, A Strong, Clear Vision. And I guess her strong, clear vision gets her an Academy Award. Nice. There we go. Best documentary short subject goes to A Time for Justice. <laughs> With the side of spaghetti. No. Is that really the title? No. Oh. Uh, there's an old YouTube video of a kid dressed up like Batman that came out around the time of The Dark Knight. Oh. And the mom asks what he wants for dinner. And in his Batman voice, he says, justice with the side of spaghetti. Max, what do you want for dinner? Justice. With a side order of spaghetti. Awesome. <laughs> Try to remember to share that. Thank you. Uh, best live action short film goes to Franz Kafka's It's a Wonderful Life, tying with Trevor. Franz Kafka's It's a Wonderful Life gives Peter Capaldi an Academy Award. Ooh. He is Franz Kafka. <laughs> and he's also the doctor. Uh, now, wait till you hear who Peter Capaldi beats out for this Oscar because it's Sean Astin really? from, in from Encino Man. 
50 first dates. He's seen the memes going around. It's like <laughs> uh, Samwise Gamgee didn't travel to Mount Dune for you to call him Bob from Stranger Things. <laughs> I'm sitting in the back going, you mean Rudy? You mean Rudy? You mean Mikey from the Goonies? Yeah. But down here, it is our time. Our time. Uh, best animated short film goes to Bob's birthday. Oh. Happy birthday, Bob. Happy birthday. Now go make some burgers. I'm excited for that movie. Mm. Dude, that show is so underrated. Best original Dude. score. What? Nope, go ahead. That goes to Hans Zimmer for The Lion King. Yeah. Hell yeah. Bring out Alan Silvestri for Forrest Gump. Thomas Newman for Little Women and The Shawshank Redemption. That's a good category. So yeah, I that's, guess I, that's pretty stacked. I guess I should have precursored that this would have been our podcast within a podcast, oh. John Williams Oscar Watch. <laughs> he is not nominated because the fifth nominee is Elliot Goldenthal for Interview with the Vampire. Okay. Best original song goes to Can You Feel the Love Tonight from The Lion King. Music mm. by Elton John and lyrics by Tim Rice. Yeah. I feel like Circle of Life should have won that one. I Probably. agree with you. Yeah. Hakuna Matata also in the category. Oh. Uh, All bangers. All bangers. And Carol Bayer Sager continuing her weird Academy Award nominations with Look What Love Has Done from Junior. <laughs> <laughs> Beethoven second and junior. Good job, <laughs> Carol Bayer uh. Sager. God. <laughs> I think I can't even tell you how many times I've seen Junior as a kid. <laughs> so many. I was going to say, as many times as I watched uh, Schindler's List. Well, that is, that is an odd comparison, sir. <laughs> I had to bring it back around. <laughs> All right. Our best sound effects editing goes to Speed. Speed. What a good movie. Yeah. Well done. Uh, it, and it, it beats, is. Out, beats out Forrest Gump. No, I agree. It is a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a pull quote on the VHS that's like, it's Die Hard on a bus. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, best sound also goes to speed, beating out Forrest Gump. Best art direction goes to The Madness of King George. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I watched that once when I was a kid, and I couldn't sit through it. Even I, the weird film kid. So if you watch it, let me know. Okay. I like art direction. but I do too. Uh, it beats out Forrest Gump, by the way. Uh, best cinematography goes to Legends of the Fall, giving John Toll an Academy Award. That is a pretty movie. That is a pretty movie. Roger Deakins in the category for the Shawshank Redemption. Mm. Uh, John mm. Toll also beats out Don Burgess for Forrest Gump. Best makeup goes to Ed Wood. Oh yeah, Ed Wood. Yeah, very deserved win, giving it second Academy Award on the evening, and that beats out Forrest Gump as well. Rounding out the category is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the Kenneth Branagh film. Sweet. Uh, sorry. Was Rob De Niro the monster in that De one? De Niro is the monster. Yeah. Hey, so monster. I still haven't seen it. It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, best costume design goes to The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So, oh, yes. It's such a good movie, and the costumes are amazing. 
I still think Maverick should have won this one. Eh. But that's fair. Eh. I, I'm happy just, though that uh Priscilla got something. Yeah, I'm I'm glad it, it showed up and they gave it an Academy Award that it absolutely deserved. Yeah. Yeah. Forrest Gump, not in this category. Best film editing goes to Forrest Gump. Uh, <laughs> no. Fucking no. <laughs> no. Fucking uh, just no. Another one that's most editing, right? Oh, yes. God. Uh, we will get there. Uh, and it beats out uh, a lot of really well-edited films. <laughs> Hoop Dreams, Pulp Fiction. Hoop Dreams got nominated. Yeah, nice. it wasn't. It wasn't nominated for documentary feature for whatever fucking reason. But it's nominated for film editing. Odd. Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, Speed. What a bunch of really well edited films. Yes. How do you not give the movie that makes the a bus trip for an hour and a half filled with tension best editing? Couldn't tell you. I don't know how how that or Pulp Fiction loses this category. To be honest. Now, and best visual effects goes to Forrest Gump. So fucking stupid. That beats out The Mask and True Lies, the most the, expen- <laughs> the most expensive film of all time. The Harrier <laughs> Jet scene alone beats out every visual effect in fucking Forrest Gump. <sighs> you know what? And 4K was not a friend to Forrest Gump. Let me tell you what. It was not. <laughs> well, so I was- I watched so it in 720 on a 4K TV. So I watched I watched it on Prime Video in 4K on a 4K TV. And, oh, God. <laughs> the special effects are awful. All right. Our honorary awards for the evening go to Michelangelo and Tonioni. Yay! In recognition of his place as one of the cinema's master visual stylists. And to John A. Bonner, in appreciation for outstanding service and dedication in upholding the high standards of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, Trav. Irving G. Thalberg goes to Clint Eastwood, two years after picking up Academy Awards for Unforgiven. Nice. And the Gene Herschelt Humanitarian Award goes to Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones. Who, of course, was the first black person nominated for Best Picture. In yeah. 1986. And there's no Gordon E. Sawyer Award tonight. So no hero to all. Except Quincy Jones, who rules. Yes. And that is the Oscar breakdown. Well, thank you, sir. All right. So. <laughs> so. So. Oh, <sighs> yeah, like I, I started off saying, what is this movie? That, that is my question. What is, what is Forrest Gump? Listen, what is it about? What, how is Forrest Gump? How is, <laughs> why is Forrest Gump really is the answer. <laughs> or the question. It's both. Um, I don't know. This movie's fucking proto-Napoleon Dynamite. It, it, there's no point to it whatsoever other than watching the guy. But, all right. I want to start off because I have the energy to, to do something. And I want to pose a theory to you all. Okay. I firmly believe that Forrest Gump is in the same universe as Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> I uh, never watched an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, except like the five minutes that uh, 
played in front of WWE Raw in the late 90s, early 2000s. So mm-hmm. I don't know what you mean. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I think, exactly. I, I, think yeah. I know where he's going. <laughs> yeah. So it's firmly believed. I mean, I, I don't know if they actually ever said it. It doesn't make sense to me that Jenny died of either HIV or AIDS. One of those. Just because it was a virus that they said they really didn't know anything about, and you're to assume her promiscuity throughout the entire film, or drug use, or drug use that as well. Um, which means most likely she had it before she had Forrest Gump Jr. God damn it! <laughs> which yeah. means Forrest Gump Jr. played by a Misty Mister. Uh, Haley Joel Osment was on an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, <laughs> and said the lines, Walker, I have AIDS, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so, that is the greatest thing, I think, to come out of this film, and one of the very few good things to come from it. <laughs> well, then. Well, then. That so. is a theory, I have to admit, I haven't read or heard before, but I like uh, it. I like this theory because it at least adds something to this conversation that I wasn't expecting. Unless, unless Manny's got something up his sleeve over there. No, 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 nothing, nothing of the love of revelatory that Jonathan just put out. So, <laughs> so, um, I think I, I want to start off before we discuss the content of the film too much. Just the weird kind of uh, popularity this movie has. I don't know. Maybe that's a later conversation, but no, no, no. Go for it. All right. This, this movie's popularity is based on exactly what it was attempting to do. It was a poorly cut Oscar bait in every scene. Like, I mean, forced emotion in every fucking scene that Vietnam scene, especially when he's holding Bubba, I, I don't think like as a kid, I watched it. I was like, oh, this is kind of sad. I watched it now and I'm like, this is this is like a scene from Tropic Thunder. <laughs> like, it's like, are they, are they this is, bad on purpose? It is exactly that scene from Tropic Thunder, except, you know, Bubba still has his hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so Forrest Gump is what, like a composite character of some people that the author of the book knew, I guess. and Which is not saying a lot, because in the book, Forrest Gump is a huge douchebag. I haven't read the book, so I, I didn't really know that. Yeah, no, Forrest Gump sucks. <laughs> and as a character in the book and as a uh, film from 1994, Forrest Gump sucks. <laughs> I kind of wish they would have done that in the movie. I think it would have been way more enjoyable. It would have been because then it would have had a character that just literally wasn't some guy floating around and wherever coincidence landed him. Like it's so fucking doesn't make any goddamn sense. In the in the book, is he? um, I don't know how to put this. uh, Does he have a low IQ? As they uh, yes yes okay. And is it? Why do you think that's the choice? Is it supposed to represent the American everyman? Uh, there's multiple ways you can look at it, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like to think of it as maybe it's saying he's simple and 
good-hearted and life would be easier if everybody didn't overthink things. Uh, I feel like that's... Like, Ignorance is Bliss, the movie? Maybe. Yeah, I feel like that's probably what this is going for. Uh, You know, in the book, it feels more like these are the kind of people who succeed in our society, and based on our last two presidents, I'm I'm Mm. kind of inclined to agree. Who just stick, uh, who say yes and follow authority kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and just kind of haplessly yeah. fall into wealth and fame. Yeah. Yeah. I. <sighs> it's a movie of characters that I don't care about at all. Because you don't get in enough time with any of them. And no. you're only ever told how Force feels about them. And you don't really get to see their relationships blossom. <laughs> Which and, is. Which is a, like an artistic choice, I think, but one that just fails. I love Gary Sinise's Lieutenant Dan. He's great. Yeah, I do too. I think I think Gary Sinise is putting in an amazing performance for a character that I still don't give a shit about. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. What you got, Manny? There is patently no likable characters in this film. So, like, I don't know. I. So why don't we think Forrest is likable? So to me, Forrest is just placed into things. And I don't, he, he's put in historical purposes to kind of show the, the film moving forward. Hmm. But at the same time, these, the film has him be a hero, I guess. That's the whole Vietnam thing. But like, it's weirdly just saviorism. Like he shows up, brother dies. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna make your family rich by doing the thing that you wanted to do." That, yeah, that's a real weird, talented Mr. Ripley thing. Like, I'm just gonna take over your your entire identity and just, hey, you guys are rich now because I did what your son couldn't do because he died. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a massive success, and for some reason I'm wearing a suit instead of getting a bus stop. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I it's probably because it's Tom Hanks, but you know, I I find Forrest likable enough. Is our internet unstable again? I I think both of their internet service providers might have shit the bed. Yeah, I was gonna say that was real weird. Like he's yeah. in the middle of the sentence, and then it just passes over to you, and I'm like. That that vape juice can't be that loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last thing I heard was Zach coming in with whatever he was about to say. Yeah, the um, last thing I was going to say, I. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Um, I don't know if it's because it's Tom Hanks, but, you know, Forrest has a certain charm to me. And I, I agree with all your points, though, about he doesn't really, he's just doing stuff. Uh <laughs> Yeah, things happen to him. He doesn't make things happen. I mean, yeah, every, everything he does, he lucks into. Like, he doesn't become a successful shrimp boat captain. A hurricane comes and Deus ex machinas him to success. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, he buys the boat, sure, but it's not, again, it's not even, he didn't set out at the beginning of the movie saying, I'm going to be a successful shrimp boat captain. He, inherits that dream from someone else right yeah and he gets the apple uh 
stock from Lieutenant Dan and again, just happens to him. Like, you know, it, I mean, he r- makes the choice to run, I guess <laughs> he doesn't. Well, all right. So he has two things for him and that's it. He knows how to run, right? At least he's really good at running and he's like some ping pong savant. That's what he has. Everything in this movie can and, be traced to those two talents, which is fine, but they just make it go so fucking thin. Yeah, and again, running happens to him because he's he's got to get away from bullies, and then he becomes he just happens to run through a football game, and everyone's like, "Look how fast he is!" <laughs> he doesn't. Which, for some strange reason, that was the biggest disconnect for me in the entire film was him joining the army instead of getting recruited by the NFL. Mm. Yeah, like all American, like. Generally, well, you're gonna get fucking drafted, and I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure at that point we were looking at NFL drafts. So I mean, let's. Well, he was probably drafted the other way. No, he's, that, like they that, made it look like they, he chose it. Oh yeah, yeah, because of the graduation, of the college, the the army recruiters like, hey, you want to be the best you could be? And oh, he's right. like, all right, sure, thanks for the pamphlet. I guess I'm in the army now. That's yeah. right. Just happens into the army like if another guy with like a pamphlet to join glee club would have walked by it would have been a much different movie and i would have <laughs> watched that like it just also like the the army crew recruiter thing is an incredibly weird thing for me right because sally fields his mom the entire time is trying to protect him from literally every happenstance that exists in life and then she's just like no no you should join the military like so <laughs> what a great idea <laughs> honestly <laughs> that's also one of those things where it's like yeah, no, of course he did, because that's what it's trying to say is like, hey, you don't need a brain to join the army. Like your IQ, like you are the target for recruiters. So agreed, but like she gets the she gets the braces for his legs. She yeah. screws the principal to get him into a school. Like she's just like, no, no, cool, go get shot in Vietnam. Man, that scene was really weird for me as a kid. I did not know what was going on. <laughs> Still to this day, I don't know what sounds that man is making. <laughs> a vacation sounds <laughs> like just <laughs> like what? Getting <laughs> mauled by a bear. What's going on? In this <laughs> nope, a cougar. <sighs> hey, oh. <laughs> so okay, trying to hold back my personal feelings too much, but this movie, this week, as we're recording. Is in the top ten uh, IMDb with like an eight point eight out of ten rating of tens of thousands of votes, and and at the time in nineteen ninety four when this wins Best Picture is the highest grossing film to ever win Best Picture. Yeah, yeah. not adjusted for inflation because of course that's still gone with the wind. Yeah, mm. it, it this movie spoke to the general public by it, saying, I, "I am here to be." I am here for the Oscars and for you to make me be seen by the Oscars. Is it, uh, I mean, it's easy to watch, I guess. I mean, you don't have to think too much while you're watching it. It just kind of happens to you. It's, it's jello so much. (laughs) The movie is jello. It it contains nothing of nutrition for you, but it goes down really easy. (laughs) I also own the two CD album and, you know, at this point, all the songs are overdone, but God, it was a good soundtrack at the time, I guess, you know, <laughs> it's, it's very much, um, Robert Zemeckis trying to copy what Martin Scorsese does with Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
except all the choices of Goodfellas are actually interesting. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and move us along. And here's the reason why we have some serious shit to talk about when it comes to the actual Academy. Yeah. We, we, we know how we feel about this movie. Does anybody have any notes? Uh, not particularly. I, I'm sure there's a lot of people. Anybody listening has probably seen Forrest Gump. It's one of those mo- movies that everybody knows and probably seen it on TV. Like we said, we had, if you haven't watched it otherwise, a lot of people love it, including people I know. And I'm sorry if we're stepping on a movie that you like. Um, yeah. And a big thing for me is that this just feels like it is the cobbled together remains of other films that have already won best picture. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's got a little bit of the, uh, the race relations of driving Miss Daisy. It's got <laughs> rain man as a lead character. You got a little Random. platoon in there. Like yeah. there's, it's very poorly edited, like uh, out of Africa. It's the Oscars greatest hits or whatever. It's a fruitcake. <laughs> it is just this amalgam of gross crap put into one to make it look pretty. And, and it does. I mean, it does from time to time actually look like a good movie, but uh, Run take it a on bite. <laughs> Running on Is this the appropriate time to talk about the sequel? Oh, oh God. Do. Yes. <laughs> yes. Gump and Co. All right. <laughs> Author of the book is shafted for all this money. Like the, the studio refuses to pay him dividends properly. Mm-hmm. So there's this huge controversy and eventually they settle. They pay him some amount of money and the, and the fact they have to produce the second movie, like they have to buy the rights to the second, to the second book. So he writes this book to purposely crap on the first movie, like all this weird stuff where like Forrest Gump becomes famous and meets Tom Hanks. <laughs> they playing him in the movie. Like Forrest Gump jumps into the real world and like he's like oh yeah i'm real famous and they made this movie about me starring tom hanks and like tom hanks has to talk to tom hanks for 22 minutes of dialogue (laughs) god incredible (laughs) this thing and they're like all right we're never going to produce this it's garbage and he was like i don't care you guys had to buy it so i don't care if you produced it or not (laughs) (laughs) make it making money off the book sales and the rights yeah like he puts them in like even weirder scenarios like that like i think they're forgetting to the first book or the second yeah the force gum astronaut and he crash lands back to earth and his pod lands in the ocean and he washes up on shore and the island is filled with cannibals and in order to stay alive he has he convinces the chief to play him in a game of chess every day and if he wins, like, get, stay alive and I had, he laughs enough for the military to find him and save him like it's just the weirdest stuff i had no idea this existed and i'm i'm impressed by how much you know about it <laughs> Look, i remember I it coming out random stuff ask me about the bell beaver <laughs> what <laughs> Yeah, uh, I remember that that book coming out and wanting to read it, and then everybody was like, "Don't!" I was like, "Okay, <laughs> don't." I am honestly surprised that did not drive you to read it immediately. I wasn't at that that point of fair okay. uh, disillusionment yet that I needed to yeah watch things like that. 
So the other thing that also bugs the shit out of me and makes me bothered by the special effects nomination for this movie is how poorly the blue screen and green screen was done, especially with uh, Lieutenant Dan's legs in the uh, in the hospital. You literally see the blue screen. You literally see him wearing the blue socks and the green socks. My my least favorite thing while watching this movie was watching all of the the mouths of the famous people. <laughs> God. Because they all look like Neo's mouth when it gets shut up in the beginning of the first Matrix. <laughs> I mean, this is horrifying. We're only just now starting to get really good with the deep fake. So... <laughs> JFK's was okay. <laughs> Look, I, I don't normally, <laughs> yeah, I don't normally knock bad CGI because bad CGI doesn't ruin movies for me the way it ruins movies for uh, other people. But I wasn't enjoying this movie, so the bad CGI was just getting knocked too. <laughs> Plus, it yeah. won the Oscar for best visual effects. So, and it won the Oscar for best visual effects when the Mask came out that year. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to say that was the best visual effects of the year, but it's in the category. You know what the mask did? It made me laugh for 15 minutes straight because of the Cuba Pete. Yes. So this movie did not make me laugh at all. All right, folks. I think we got a bunch of things that we're going to say yet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and ask Paul, is this movie in the library? Yes. Yeah, it came out in 94, so its first year of eligibility is 2004. Can you please give me the year it goes in? 2006. Mm, I had 2007 written down. I feel like something like that. I'm going to say 2011. Ooh, Manny hits it on the nose. Son of a bitch. 2011. Pop on here and you get it on the dot. What the hell? (laughs) Shit. I'm afraid when you still haven't heard from you. <laughs> I've had one on each. Yep. Every every everybody's gotten one at this point. Yep. And now now our guest has finally gotten one. Yeah. Hooray. All right. So other films that go in from 1994 are Clerks. Come on, Wolf. Come on, Wolf. <laughs> the Devil Never Sleeps, the documentary. Hoop Dreams, which goes in in its second year of eligibility in 2005. Nice. Nice. Uh, The Lion King, the best film of the Disney Renaissance. Pulp Fiction. The Red Book, an animated short subject. And The Shawshank Redemption, which confusingly doesn't go in until 2015. Uh, Just read All right, let's do a quick Razzie roundup here. Worst Ooh, picture good. went to Color of Night. That's the Bruce um, Willis film, right? Yeah, I believe okay. so. Yes, it was. Okay. Um, worst actor went to Kevin Costner and Wyatt Earp. Hmm. Okay. Leading out uh, Macaulay Culkin for Getting Even with Dad, The Page Master, and Richie Rich. All three movies I enjoyed. I, yeah. I mean, maybe Getting Even with Dad, but definitely not maybe. those other two. No. Yeah. Page Master wasn't even long enough to barely be considered a movie. <laughs> uh, worst actress went to Sharon Stone for Intersection and The Specialist. Their new punching bag. Yeah. Uh, worst supporting actor went to O.J. Simpson in Naked Gun 33 and the Third. I'm was, sure we all, we all know why that happened. <laughs> at that time, on trial. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, we're supporting actress. Oh, God, I have to actually mention this movie. And it makes me sick. All right. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell in Car 54. Where are you? <laughs> exit to Eden. Hell yeah, Exit to Eden with oh, Dan. Oh, God. <laughs> that movie is so gross. <laughs> and the Flintstones. Boo. Boo on that last part. Yeah. Uh, more boo on the fact that Kathy Bates was nominated for North. Double boo. Yeah. Boo. Terrible. Terrible film. Uh, Worst screen couple was a tie between Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt in Interview with a Vampire and Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone in The Specialist. They had had to get both their punching bags in one pick, huh? Yep. Uh, Worst director went to Steven Seagal for On Deadly Ground. Yeah, fuck that guy. Well well deserved. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Worst screenplay went to The Flintstones, which is fucking stupid because that movie was Fucking phenomenal! You know how many how many people worked on the Flintstone script, and I'm not even joking. I'm looking like so. Would you the <laughs> names Tom Parker, Babalu Mandel, Mitch Markowitz, Dave Savell, Brian Levant, Mike? It keeps going. Babalu? Every 36. one of these people, yeah, <laughs> thirty six people. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Worst new star went to Anna Nicole Smith in Naked Gun thirty three and a third. Mm. Uh, they nominated Jim Carrey for uh, Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, and The Mask. And I bet he was like, fuck you, I got paid that year. Yeah, he did. Absolutely. Like, like the story goes that when he got cast in Ace Ventura, he was making less than a million dollars a picture. By the time he did Dumb and Dumber, he was making 12. Nice. Yep. Uh, Worst original song went to Marry the Mole from Thumbelina. Which, that's fine. Thumbelina is kind of crap. Is that is that marry the mole? Like that's the mole's name, or is it marry the mole? Like someone's going to marry a mole? It's marry the mole. M A R R Y. Okay. Oh my god! I'm going to say one of the greatest sentences ever. Oh goody! Marry the mole. Music by Barry Manilow. Mary the Moon. Holy fuck. <laughs> That's just fun to say. Uh, that was Love a twist I did not see coming. Yeah. Twist. Give her your all. And worst remake or sequel went to Wyatt Earp. Earp. Okay. Beating out Beverly Hills Cop 3, City Slickers 2, The Flintstones, and Love Affair. Oh, Love Affair should have won that. Fair enough. So, all right. What's the next segment? I forgot. Worsty judgments. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I've made it this far. I'm so proud of me. Okay. Trav, <laughs> Trav, keep that in and put the size after it again. <laughs> All right. It's time to get into our worsty judgments. And Manny, as our guest, you get the first question. Does this movie deserve best picture? No. No, not at all. Well said. <laughs> what would you think deserves it? Yeah. Honestly, any other movie on the list besides this movie. <laughs> there are movies not even on this list. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, objectively my least favorite movie out of the Best Picture list. Double Dragon deserves to be on there more than Forrest Gump does. <laughs> yeah, I City Slickers 2, Legend of Curly's Gold. Like, Star Trek Generations came out that year. 
All right. Zach? Hi. What is this, uh, does this movie deserve Best Picture? Well, what a question. Does it deserve Best Picture? So the only one of the Best Pictures I haven't seen, and I didn't get to watch it this week, argh, I really wanted to, is Four Weddings and a Funeral. So ranking the other ones, and the other three are all like five-star movies. Uh, but uh, Quiz Show's got to be my number three, but it, it's it's excellent. But I don't love it as much as my number two, Pulp Fiction, or my number one, Shawshank Redemption, which are just perfect movies. Uh, Pulp Fiction's one of my all-time favorites. And one of those, who was it? Was our guest, uh, Mr. St. John, that... Um, Said uh, Pulp Fiction is his favorite movie ever. Yeah, the one, like the one that changed things for him, and mm-hmm. it, it was a lot of that for me when I saw it too. It was like, whoa, my mind didn't know what to expect. But uh, Shawshank Redemption is the best of those, and it should have won Best Picture because it's one of the greatest movies of all time. And Forrest Gump is the least of the best pictures I have seen. So no, it should not have won Best Picture. Uh, probably should pop that out and maybe nominate uh, Leon the Professional instead or um, Ed Wood or The Lion King (sighs) gosh this this year was absolutely loaded and I'm sure everybody will have a little bit of their own to add in here (laughs) The Crow no (laughs) just kidding about The Crow God but yeah I watched it this week. Of course you did. <laughs> Speed. Yeah, but no, no. It, it did not deserve this picture, and, and I'll bite my tongue for now. All right. Um, I'm going to agree with you. The This year was probably a formative year for me. Like, I feel like a lot of, especially, like, my childhood comedy appreciation came from this year because I think I laughed at so many of these movies so hard specifically as I mentioned before uh, the mask mm-hmm. and baby's day out came out that year. <laughs> yeah. Vern Troyer. I was going to say like, Vern Troyer stunt baby. I, <laughs> it, the movie was great. And finally gave me an understanding of the difference between Joe Montana and Joe Montana. Same Montana. Um, Airheads came out that year. Yeah, dude. I, I watched that this week too. <laughs> nice. Every opportunity. Yeah. So, but that being said, there were movies that should have been nominated well above Forrest Gump. Yeah. Death of a Cheerleader, I think, should have gotten a nomination. Ooh. Oh. Like, I know that would have never happened, but it fucking should have. Um, Oh, God, so many movies of my childhood. Dragon Warrior, Angels in the Outfield. Like, this fucking year, dude, was just like my year. I, oh, man, I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't even think that uh, Forrest Gump should have been nominated. I will also say I have not seen Quiz Show. It's great. It is of the thing, the only one of those that I have not seen. But Shawshank Redemption, like Zach said, is a perfect fucking movie. I don't know what the Academy was smoking that year. Yeah, it it was a bomb or whatever, right? You know. Yeah. I, yeah. It it just made back its budget. 
I mean, this is where I get pissed off because basically it comes down to if they barely made any money, then they probably didn't campaign much. Probably. And and that's, I mean, I think that's what beat them. Like, if this movie would have been like put into more hands, said, hey, you need to watch this, like more screeners gone out, it would have won. But no, it went to well, a higher grossing movie, which again is the reason why we're getting this stupid fan vote shit because they're saying <laughs> that if it makes money it needs to win so <sighs> but yeah no. Paul does this movie deserve best picture I'm going to start out with the no I'm, I'm not going to bury it under anything <laughs> uh, but I will I, I will go through all my normal bullshit so um, uh, Four Weddings and Funeral uh, is going down my number four and I think that movie is hilarious and a lot of fun i just don't think it's up to the standard of the other three zach as you said the other three are five star films and uh shockingly our three through one are getting are in line so it's quiz show quiz show which is incredibly good and is the kind of quintessential film about the american experience uh pulp fiction is my number two yeah, I mean, it rules. It's a great movie. <laughs> I feel like it's been talked to death. Uh, Shawshank Redemption, if you listen on Stitcher, you can go down and listen to me and Jonathan talk about that on Drinking Age Movies. It won a March Madness bracket of uh, directing uh, <clears throat> director uh, debuts. Uh, and, you know, of course, it was written and directed by one of the co-writers of Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Frank Darabont, uh, who is amazing and goes on to do a bunch of amazing shit um i don't specifically know i would nominate four weddings and a funeral for best picture but i'm not sad it's there it's a really good film that being said god damn it forrest gump sucks i do not like this movie uh what what can we put in there instead we could put in little women oh yeah which renona writer gets a best actress nomination for that's a great yeah. film uh yeah. We could put in The Client, which is pretty good. One of uh, Joel Schumacher's uh, adaptations. Yeah, I got to mention The Hudsucker Proxy, too. The Hud- I was getting there. <laughs> the Hudsucker Proxy, my favorite Coen Brothers film. Nice. Uh, co-written by the great Sam Raimi. Uh, it is wonderful and delightful. And I watch it when I'm feeling down sometimes because it cheers me up yeah. uh, and it's just a great movie. And you know, that's two, two incredible performances this year from Tim Robbins. Cause yeah. Shawshank Redemption of course is perfect. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Ed Wood. Ed Wood's my favorite Tim Burton film. That's not called Batman. Uh, which of course they get set off to the side. So it's like, Batman and Batman returns in a bracket together off yeah. to the side, then Ed Wood and then Big Fish. Mm. Uh, I think Ed Wood is a five-star masterpiece. Yep. And uh, when I direct plays, I constantly come into auditoriums and just yell as loud as I can, let's shoot this fucker. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> There's no camera. Why do I say this? Uh, <laughs> let's... Let's keep going. Uh, uh, Richard Curtis for Four Weddings and Funeral gets nominated for writing Heavenly Creatures, the Peter Jackson film. 
which he gets nominated for best writing uh is on there uh eat drink man woman the ang lee film that he gets nominated for best foreign language films way <sighs> better than this movie uh lion king lion king is as we have discussed the best film of the disney renaissance and we all agree on that as you it's have discussed <laughs> it is I, listen i'm not saying you're wrong i'm saying personally i don't think you're right look it's not i'm not saying i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying I'm going to be a mighty king, so enemies beware. Um, <laughs> Spike Jones's sabotage music video. <laughs> uh, the Paper. That's a good film. Clear Pompoco. Oh, Pompoco. Ooh, what Raccoon a Testicles. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was trying to think of which one Michael Keaton does a voice in. It's not Pompoco. It's uh, Porco oh, Rosso. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Red, white, clear and present danger. Hoop dreams, hoop dreams. Uh, let's get a documentary and best picture. Why not? And rules. Yeah. Maverick. Jesus Christ. The Mask. Maverick's True fun. Lies. I love True Lies. Uh, it's way better than Terminator Two. Yeah. Stargate. The Shadow. Fucking Stargate. The River Wild. The greatest film of all time. The Crow. Ooh. <laughs> I dressed up as the crow for Halloween in middle school because I watched the crow in like 1995 and I probably should not have been. Alive there are times, you know, when we say Paul and his perfect family, but I do question his parents sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know why I, I was allowed to watch just... all these movies. Latchkey kids. We are indeed. Uh, I could keep going. I really could. Cause there's so Dunking many good... express. Yeah. 1994 is one of my favorite. Favorite. Just get back. Uh, also, if you didn't know, 1994 was when the Regal that I used to work at opened. Nice. And in the in the in the office, they had a picture of the marquee from the day it opened, and had on uh, Star Trek Generations and Lay on the Professional, and uh, probably the best Karate Kid movie, the next Karate Kid. Oh, I've had as my Facebook cover photo the, that marquee when I proposed to Caitlin there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should go there and see if they'll just let me get. A picture of that marquee photo. I keep forgetting about Clifford. I liked that. Movie Clifford came kid. out in '94. What a great film! Uh, I want to say Mason '94. Right. It's it's too good. Little Giants. It's, yeah, okay. yeah, Little Giants. <laughs> Very formative right. and incredible year. Uh, Natural Born Killers is a terrible film. Fuck that. I movie. think it's okay. I think it's okay. So. All right. So, Manny, sir, is this the worst best picture? No, it's low. It yeah. is. It is low, but it is. It is not the worst. There's a man. There's a lot of stuff early that you guys have already covered that I, I objectively think is worse than Forrest Gump. But we're we're getting near the bottom of the barrel, honestly. All right, Zach. All right. So, yeah, this is another instance where kind of held my tongue a little bit you know there there were time there have been times in my life where i've legitimately liked this movie and i went before i watched it this time this week i had like i'd rated it like a four and a half stars um 10 years ago and <laughs> since then i've seen so many other movies and i've seen so many movies that forrest gump is a compilation of 
that it's really kind of opened my eyes to no, it's not actually that great of a movie. It's not it's not necessarily even a very good movie. It it it's nostalgic though, I can't lie. You know, Caitlin and I watched it together and the music brings back certain memories of a different time of childhood and I I do like the music even if the needle drops are obvious and so I I do still have a soft spot a bit for this movie. I don't hate it. Um I don't think it's the worst, but it, it is another instance of it's perhaps one of the least deserving. It's not the, wor- one of the, the it's not the worst movie based on the movie's merit to win. I can't say it's a worse movie than The Greatest Show on Earth. And the the quality between The Greatest Show on Earth and Sound of uh, or Singing in the Rain, which wasn't even nominated, to me is more disgusting than it winning over the other films that were at least nominated. So, sure. but I do have it in my bottom 10 uh, because it's because of what it won over, not necessarily because of the quality of the film. Sure. I just can't go all the way down. Um, so right. I'm going to put it at, I'm going to put it at 58. Okay. Right, right in between uh, around the world in 80 days and cavalcade. Okay. I, I did. I did like this movie for a long time. But there was basically a wake up moment where I was like, man, this movie is really kind of boring. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm surprised I didn't Jonathan at all during this film. <laughs> I did because I've seen it so many times. I honestly thought about just not. It's like I've seen this movie so many fucking times. But it. Yeah, it's just not good. Um, unfortunately, I did not delve into the deeper analysis that Zach was because you're right. I, I think when it comes to the choices that were made by the Academy, this is probably one of the most egregious. Yeah. Um, but I just based mine on how much I enjoy the film and I put it at my number 52 underneath West side story and above going my way. Paul, so, oh, is this the worst best picture in the mouth of madness? The West current or the, uh, John Carpenter film, Spike Lee's Crooklyn, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, Jason's Lyric, Reality Bite. Well, I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> Is this the worst best picture? Oh, um, Street Fighter. Um, yeah, Street Fighter. I, uh, I'm with you guys. Of course, there was a point in my life where this, this was like quintessential filmmaking and Robert Zemeckis is a genius and you know and he directed so many better movies before this and and I think like when we we had Adam Lance Garcia on the show we talked about this a little bit where this was just a film that was shown to me at the right age to be like this is prestige filmmaking at its best at its finest it wins best picture it's got a little statue on the case everything is it's an important American piece of cinema and yeah up through up through maybe my teenage years and a little beyond this is i'm probably writing with that you know and you got the back to the future trilogy and uh who framed roger rabbit to fall back on is look at all the amazing stuff this man has done and this movie is terrible (laughs) it i put it on and i was really trying to get in the mindset of don't 
don't just hate on this movie because it beat better films, which it shouldn't have. Try try to engage with the movie on its level. And the moment Tom Hanks started talking in that horrible accent, I could not engage with this movie. This is Tom Hanks's worst performance. And this is a terrible movie. Uh, I have it down at my 63. Ooh. I Oof. almost almost put it under Broadway melody. Oof. It is. I'm sorry, uh, Adam. Uh, Mr. St. John, it is under Cimarron at 62. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said Austin St. John because, you know, he's, he's related to the Red Ranger, but it's of course. Yeah. Um So, yeah, um, I do not like this film and I did not have fun watching it. And every time a character died in it, I was like, we spent five minutes with you and I'm supposed to have an emotional reaction <laughs> now? <laughs> yeah. Tom Hanks is terrible in this film, and I can't believe he won a fucking Academy Award for it. I do I, not like his performance in this movie. You know, I I don't know how to feel about it. I I feel like he's good with what he was given and told to do, but there's how can I don't know. I I do not think he did his best to polish this turd. Uh, yeah. I think Gary Sinise outacts him in every scene. Absolutely. I think Robin Wright outacts him in every scene. And I think Sally Field is just a delight, even if we only get five minutes with her and then she dies. Yeah. It's a bad movie. All right. Well, I think we are going to call that here. Manny, we appreciate you joining us again. Well, thanks for inviting me, dudes. And um, hopefully I'll see you guys soon again. We will look forward to it. Indeed. And my name has been Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitch, the Twitter, and the TikToks at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker, Zachmaster, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, uh, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterbox, Search by My Name, Mr. Workman. You can find me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Instagram, Twitter, and Letterbox, where I keep a running tally of all the films that I watch. And this week, I got to go see Death on the Nile, mm-hmm. <laughs> which includes a uh, an origin story for Hercule Poirot's mustache. <laughs> it's amazing. The movie's terrible. The movie sure. is just absolute trash. But the first like ten minutes of it is incredible. That oh, it is it is some mustache. So I need to it, see that. It is. It is as weirdly bizarre as it needs to be to just completely take you out of the movie. Nice. <laughs> I forgot to mention what I watched this week. I actually watched a new movie. <gasps> what you watch? Oh. Well, I watched. Need to go back to my 2021 rankings, and I'm going to bump French Dispatch out of my number one because I watched Drive My Car. Baby! And and I absolutely fell in love with Drive My Car. It's one of the... It it put me through the emotions. I I I, feel like it's my favorite of the last few years that I've seen. I'm excited. It's it's Japanese existentialism and Russian literature, so it's just be prepared to feel like a piece of shit. But, uh, yes. but good by the end. Sorry. I'm already ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interrupt there. Oh, no, not at all. Okay. All right. What are we watching next week, Zach? Next week, 
And why does it drive my car? (laughs) (sighs) Next week. We're watching Braveheart. Yes! (laughs) Which you can stream on Amazon, Google, Vudu, YouTube, or rent on those, excuse me, or stream on Netflix. I'm going to go ahead and already rank that down at number 68, and we're good to go. Fight you in every fucking way. (laughs) (laughs) We will have words. Words will be had. The Washington Bravehearts football team (laughs) (sighs) i guess i have to do a thing now all right we'd like to thank trad from our sister podcast leveling up benjamin banks for producing our show i'd like to thank trad ramsey for our most excellent theme song we would like to thank megan and jay bellevue for our beautiful artwork you can follow the show on twitter and instagram at oscarsy pod and on facebook at the oscarsy podcast don't forget to subscribe to the podcast it's a nice five-star review on apple Podcasts or stitcher it really helps us to be seen in the all mighty algorithm algorithm like a box of chocolate so for maybe classic jonathan and zach and page master and gordy and troll gordy and <laughs> jungle book <laughs> and white fang 2 and miracle on 34th street and black beauty and mighty ducks 2 d2 mighty ducks We would like for you all to have a damn fine day.